Hello and welcome to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain to you why. There's a creation tool that's located within the Anchor app, which will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And then Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. That's also one of the perks of using Anchor. And then your podcast could be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in one place, which is in the Anchor app. So if you want to get started, and again, it's totally free, then download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello and welcome to Life As It Is with me, Dora Middleton. In today's segment, I would like to talk about what's going on with citizens calling the police on people that are black or brown just because they feel uncomfortable. Which, you know, to be honest, I don't even believe it's because they feel uncomfortable. I think it's out of pure racism. There's been so many situations popping up in uh, on the news and on social media. I was just looking at a video where there was a black guy that went to an apartment complex to help his aunt move. It was him and I believe his daughter. And there was a Caucasian woman blocking the way so that he could not walk into that um that hallway in order to get to his um his aunt's home to help her move she called the police and said he didn't belong there and that he refused to show her id just tell me when did and when did we have to start showing just normal people on the streets our ids to get into anywhere you know, and it, it just seems like these people are making this a habit. And it, it actually happened in my hometown, too, in these really upscale lofts in downtown St. Louis. There was a guy on his way home and the woman insisted on seeing ID. She was telling the guy that he didn't belong. He couldn't live in there. And um, she wanted to know what apartment he was in and she went on and on and she called the police and um she ended up getting fired okay i think that this is beginning to really get out of hand with all these false accusations coming from these people that's using 911 like it's a toy okay like it's some kind of play toy they're calling the policeman on little black children that's just sitting at a bus stop. They're calling the police on college students that's just taking a quick nap in an area that's a common area where they do that at in college. You know, they're, it's just so sad at this day and age that as a black person, you have to go through all of this. And the madness is not going to stop until they make it some type of crime to make these false allegations like this. So if you're calling the policeman on, if you're calling the police on someone, 
and they get there and you have no reason, no good reason for doing it, you should be charged with some type of crime because these these cops can be out actually fighting real crime rather than be somewhere with you throwing a tantrum because you believe black people shouldn't be living in this building black people shouldn't be walking black people shouldn't be doing anything while being black and I know this is a subject that no one likes to talk about but I'm going to talk about it because being a black woman I have experienced a lot of racism, a lot of racism, and it's it's just ridiculous if you sit back and look at all of the stupidity, but the racism starts at home, so they had to get this crap from their parents, but I have to say this too, sometimes the parents aren't racist and the kids pick it up on the way. But either way, you have to raise your children to do better. I teach my kids that everyone is equal, regardless of their race. Okay? And a lot of people don't do that. I can recall being somewhere and there was a child. It was a couple of uh, black children at this store. And it was a, a, a white child at the store. And the Caucasian woman told her child... When the child went over to play with the black kids, you know you're not allowed to do that. You cannot play with those kids. And a couple of other people besides myself that was in the story that heard it looked like, is she serious? And I told the woman, ma'am, don't just keep your child away from her child before, you know, there's some kind of false complaints brought your way about something dealing with her child. And it's sad that you have to do that, but... You have to be careful. And I remember growing up in a suburban area, predominantly, basically all white. We were black on that street, the only black on the street. And I think it might have been a black up the street, but that's it. Everybody else was white. And we grew up in this area and it it was it was like hell. When we went to this school, it, they, you know, you were called niggers. I didn't tolerate it. I'm going to tell you that much. I was one of those kids that I didn't tolerate disrespect so it was called to other black kids but I let it be known when I went to this school don't play that with me I'm telling you I'm not the one you want to play with yes I've always grown up in the suburban areas and I've always lived in the suburban areas and still do to this day but one thing I'm not going to tolerate is being disrespected but um, I remember when they used to bus kids from the city areas to the schools we went to, the secretary would get on the um, overhead speaker and say, if we were having bad weather or something, the kids from the city would come in in buses or cabs. And they would say, don't mark the D-SAGs late their buses or their cabs is late. So please just don't mark the D-SEGs late. What kind of not the D-SEGs? I just couldn't believe the way that they were treating these kids coming from the city. And then you hear them say, well, the guys, 
you guys and guys like you're like us you live out here those people live down there and i will let them know well these people these are our people okay regardless of where they live so if you're saying something ignorant about those people we're the same do you do understand we're the same race here so are do you think you're saying something good by saying oh you guys aren't like those people how are those people like just because they came from the city area are you saying they're bad because they're not in the suburban area give me a break that is ridiculous but this is you know so when i do videos on racism i'm not just going by what anyone else has said i can sit here all night and tell you about all the racist situations i've had to and that i've encountered dealing with myself or my children okay it's out there and it happens you know and that's why i i, I taught my son growing up you know you have to be careful because you can be in a store and you're shopping in the store and there's a Caucasian woman. She she sees a black boy or a black man. The first thing she does is grab her. She grabs her purse. And she'll look at you like, yeah, I grabbed it. And I'm laughing at her because I'm saying, lady, you you don't have a clue, do you, of what you're doing or who you who you're doing it to. My one outfit, I'm sure it costs more than your whole damn wardrobe and your kids too. And I'm not trying to be ignorant about it. I'm just saying that, you know, you, they don't know how much money you have in your purse. I've gone shopping and I've spent $3,000, $4,000 on a few items. And the lady, the moment I walk up to pay, she'll say, oh, we don't, we, we're, for an I for an order like this, we're not going to take checks. I said, "Well, that's good because I'm not using a check." So, what would you like, cash or debit? And then she looked really stupid. You know, come on, lady, you don't know how much money anyone at any given time might have on them. You don't know what's in their checking accounts. And I'm laughing at her, lady. Do your job. You're a cashier. Ring me out. And, and they are some of the most ignorant people that you can that come in contact with. And it's funny because, you know, you'll find people down in their job. But I don't down their job. A job is a job. Whatever brings in the money. But you're so ignorant. I mean, you're acting this way and you don't know who this is you're talking to. You don't know how much money this person has. But you assume, because I'm black, that... I shouldn't be using a check and I and I'm not just throwing it out because I'm black because the lady in front of me had a, quite a you know a lot of stuff as well might not have been in the thousands like mine but she had a lot of stuff so if it was because of the amount of stuff you had then she shouldn't have been able to write a check which she did I I don't write checks you know I'm just gonna keep it real I I don't I don't use checks. I use debit. I use cash. I use credit sometimes, but the majority of my time I'm swiping, swiping debit or using cash. I do not, I don't use, um, I don't use that form of payment. I just don't have the patience to sit there and write out a check. <laughs> That's just something I don't like to do, you know, but it bothers me 
to the point that every day sometimes you you have to encounter this this ignorance and i'm wondering when is it going to stop when is the ignorance going to stop when are you people you here's the sad thing what they don't understand okay they're when you look at i want to make sure i'm explaining this the right way it seems as if some caucasians feel like we took something from them we've never taken anything from you all okay it's like you're mad at the whole world but in all honesty this world was stolen from the native americans okay and everything is Christopher Columbus this, he did this, he did this. What he did was brought over syphilis and all these different diseases. And then was raping, you know, the black people that was on his boat, raping them and, and spreading his disease. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous when you think about all the hatred. You, I mean, it's like some of these people just feel like Everything belongs to them. Even the air you breathe belongs to them. And they need to get a clue because we are not leaving. We are not going anywhere. We were forced to come here from the start. But I'm telling you right now, black people will be here. And if you are that damn upset because black or brown people are here, find you a little island and move to it. And let everyone be happy. Let everyone be here to give each other respect and to lift each other up. We don't need your racist bullshit because we're all tired of it. I am so tired of seeing this, all of this stuff on the news and on social media. And God knows I'm tired of dealing with it myself. I was driving right before... Um, it was, I think, two days before Christmas. No, actually, it was the day before Christmas. Yeah, uh, day before uh, Christmas Eve. And this guy has so much opportunity. So, I mean, in front of me, he could have just gotten over. It was no one there. But rather than him do the right thing and get over the right way, he takes his big, I think it was an F-150, the really big ones, and just throw his trucking to me which almost made me run off the road and he thought it was funny he thought it was okay but what I did is I followed him yes I followed him and when he figured out I was following him then he was looking like what is she doing I sat there and I called the police and I watched his ass yes the guy had warrants or whatever but I watched his ass you know, you wanted to play these games with me and I'm not the one to be dialing 911. I don't have this. I don't have time to be doing anything like that unless I see someone being hurt or injured in some type of way. Yes, if I see a crime taking place, I will report it. But any other time, if you know, you might just drive it off and say a couple of curse words. You know, this so-and-so tried to run me off the road and keep it moving. But when I saw that, he had this kid in the car with him and he got out the car and thought it was funny and he got this little kid thinking it's funny too you're raising this child to be an ignorant piece of shit like you are that's what pissed me off and why i dialed 911 
And I, you know, and the sad thing about it, at this day and age, you have to be so careful. You're a single woman. You don't know. There's so much hatred out there. You really don't know what anyone else is capable of. And I used to be the the person that was so against having a, a weapon in my home. I was so against it, you know, because I just, I didn't want it. You know, I was like, it got to be another way. But with all the things that I've gone through, with all the racism and all the stupidity that's going on out here in the world today, I had to buy me a gun and get the right to carry. So I can protect myself and my children when I'm driving. People are running up to you. People are doing, I've watched videos where these men just out of nowhere start beating on these black women for no reason. It's like, being a black woman right now, people feel they can do anything they want to you. These grown ass men are walking up and beating on these teenage girls, beating up on these black women. And they're, they're, I watched a video where three or four guys beat up two black women at the gas station. I, I was disgusted. I was pissed and I was disgusted. But here's the thing. I don't go out looking for trouble and I damn sure don't promote violence. Okay, but I will tell every woman out there, I don't care what race you are, every woman out there, get you some protection. Okay, rather it's pepper spray or some type of, I, I carry my Smith, uh, Smith & Wesson everywhere I go. Okay, that those are my two, that's, that's my friend right there. Okay, so I'm, I'm okay because one thing about me, I'm going to protect me and mine and deal with whatever comes after that. No, I'm not out there trying to hurt anyone, but I'm out here trying to protect myself and my children. So if anyone decides to ever run up on me to try to harm me and my kids, I know that I can take care of myself and my children and my grandchildren, and it will be okay. And I don't feel guilty carrying my pistol at all because we're living in a world right now where people feel they can just hit you over the head with something and leave you there to die and and keep living just leave and it's all because of the color of your skin we are targets because we are black we the only crime we are committing out here is being black black and being alive and it it gets to, it's so sad because we can't even look toward the police to protect us because some of us need protection from them as well. And don't get me wrong. I have a lot of family in law enforcement. I do. I have a lot of friends in law enforcement and I'm not saying anything to you all in this segment that I haven't said to them. Who's going to protect us from the bad cops out there? Because there's a lot of bad ones out there. You have a lot of racist cops out there and, and you basically have a lot of rapists out there that are cops. And since I was the age of 16 when I started driving all the way up until now I have been pulled over and these cops have said some of the nastiest shit you know you're really pretty you know I do you need I mean it's just I'm not even going to repeat the things that that's been said to me by policemen throughout my life they are some trifling some of them are the most trifling human beings that you could ever meet 
But then you have some I've met that are really nice, really respectful, and they are here actually to do their job, not to profile. They're actually here to do their job. And talking to my friends that are cops and family members, they say, did you turn them in? Who are you going to turn them into? Their friends? Come on, you know they have this code here. Everything is a secret. They don't own up to shit. They stick together. So exactly who can you turn them into? You know, it's it's just so crazy out there. I can recall meeting a, a policeman that was trying to date me. And I went out on a few dates with this guy. And I will add, those are the guys you do not want to date. I will go there. They're really aggressive. They're really controlling. And I couldn't even... I refused to date this person because I saw the trouble that was coming. But I can remember one thing when he told me that, you know, and these are black cops, white cops. I've had black and white cops try to date me. But one said, you know, if you ever pulled over, say this name, say my name or say, you know, whatever. And they're going, they will back down. You won't get a ticket because if you do, they know, you know. When a cop is dating a woman or married to a woman, if a cop out there pulls her over, that whoever you're dating or married to will find that out. And then their families will be targeted for tickets and harassment. It's the rules, he said. And I'm just looking like, is this a joke? So it's the rules. So so it's all kinds of nonsense that's taking place out there. But I, I... I can honestly say I I cannot, I refuse to ever get into any type of relationship with a police officer because since I would say from 19 until now, it hasn't been good. Some of these guys need psychological help. And I'm not just saying this. They are not right in their heads. Okay. And if you know that, they're not right even dealing with trying to be in a relationship and then you're having conversations with these guys they shouldn't be on the streets if with a gun at any point of time and i know this firsthand so it's it's dangerous out there you know we don't really have the policemen to protect us because who's going to protect us from them i was driving my mom somewhere when I was living in a different state, I came back to my hometown to visit and I was in my dad's car. Okay. And, um, I was driving my dad's plates were, he had just gotten his new three year plates or two year plates, whatever it was. And I watched him put them on, you know, he keeps all of his stuff up to date, insurance, everything. The policeman out of nowhere pulled me over. I was going to speed limit. Okay. And when I my mom was on the passenger side, I said, you know, I'm going to speed limit. She said, I know. Just listen to what he has to say. So he comes to the car and I said, I asked him, well, why did you stop me? And he said, um, your plates are out. I said, uh, my plates are not out. He said, yes, they are. I said, no, they're not. I said, I watched my father put the new plates on here. They're not out. Okay, so he asked for license and registration, and I gave it to him. And then he saw my mom. See, and he they and when I say he saw my mom, here's the thing. 
my parents, when they moved in this neighborhood, of course, they were the only blacks. They had this house built in this really upscale um, suburban area. And the thing about it is they couldn't believe someone black could live in this area. And they would start rumors saying, okay, um, the these black people... And both of my parents retired from their jobs and each one of them had a few businesses of their own afterwards. Okay, these black people only got this house, that expensive house, because they're selling drugs most likely and this and that. No, why can't black people have good jobs? Why can't we have good jobs and be able to afford the things we want to afford without you all saying that it's because of drugs? No, not everyone's drug dealers, okay? Not everyone is a drug dealer. And so they used to walk, for one, they would drive their, at the beginning, their children would drive through my parents' yard, knock over the mailbox, and they did all kinds of stuff. You know, they would call the police for no reason, and um, you even had a lot of racist policemen on the force as well. And then just so happened, one day, a bunch of Caucasians, I guess, that lived in the area asked my parents, well, we see that really expensive chandelier through your window. Um, could we come in and see it? Why in the hell would they allow you to come in their house? Why would they allow you to come in their home? My dad said, well, I, I, I guess my mom said, absolutely not. You cannot come in here. And I don't blame her. Why would you want to come in here? What exactly are you looking for? You've made you haven't tried to come over and just say hi welcome to the neighborhood you all just want to come in your little mob and you want to come into the home hell no I wouldn't have let your asses in there either actually I wouldn't have even let you step on my property okay period don't come to the edge of my driveway get your ass away from my home that's how I would have been okay because I don't like that that is that's just ridiculous but like I said this cop to get back to the story, he came back to the car and he saw my mom. Oh, I'm sorry. Everything was okay. Um, the license plate, there's no light on it. And, you know, whatever kind of nonsense he was talking. And, um, you know, some plates have a light that shine down on the number. I mean, the plate number, license plate. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I hear you. My mom said, it's okay. Just don't even worry about it. But I was pissed off. Well, thank you and have a nice day. I, you know, I was having a nice day before you stopped us with your ignorant ass. Okay? You knew that there was nothing wrong with these plates. You knew this. But I was a black, a young black person driving that, that sports car. Top of the line sports car. And he had a problem with it. Now, what what would have happened if it would have been my brother driving that car? You see what I'm saying? I am so tired of this. And then it was an incident where I was driving to my sister's house. I live five... My sister, myself, and my parents literally live right there together. And I was driving to her, her house and you can... I stayed in the same lane, which was the right lane through the whole trip because it was only 10 minutes because you couldn't go right. If I did, I I was going to turn into a business or something like that. So I was just 
going straight. Okay, so I get right to my sister's house. Right there at the stop sign, right before turning on her street. I, I could see her house. Then I was flagged by a, a, a young cop. And he came to the car and my daughter, my young youngest daughter was in the car. She said, Mom, why did he stop us? You weren't speeding. I said, I know, I know. Okay, and he comes to the car. Uh, I said, may I help you? Well, you didn't use a right turn. I, no, I said, why did you stop me? Is there, what reason did you have to stop me? Well, and I could see he's, he was thinking about what lie he was going to tell. And he said, well, you got in the right lane and you didn't, you didn't what, back on uh, Highway K, basically. And you didn't um, use a signal. I said, that's not true, sir. Because if you're saying it happened on Highway K, when I was driving down Highway K, I was in the right lane. I made no turns. So I don't understand what you're saying. Where did you get that from? Well, yeah, you didn't use a signal. I said I never made a turn to use a signal at that point. Okay, so then he says, um, can I get your license and registration? I said, sure you can. So he sat in the car for a while, probably figuring out what other lie he was going to come up with. And the funny thing about me is I've never broken the law. My record is as clean as as just clean. I have a 10-year security clearance. My record is clean. And my security clearance came from when I was working with the Navy. So I want to see you tell me that you found something under my name, you know, because you're not going to. I have the cleanest record you can get, okay? And I was already pissed because I know you're lying. So then he comes back to the car and he says, I am so sorry. The, um, I couldn't check your ID, but I trust you. Um, the computer systems are down, so I couldn't get, uh, anything, a printout. I couldn't get anything about your, you know, about you, but I trust you. You look like a very honest, uh, woman. So I'm just going to let you go. I'm sure you are going to let me go. So I got halfway to my back, you know, I went to my sister, I told her what happened, then I got halfway back to my parents' house, because I I needed to go back and go to my parents' house for a second, and the more I drove, the angrier I got, to finally I pulled over, and I called for this man's supervisor, So I called the non-emergency number and the lady asked me what I needed help with. And I kind of told her the situation and she said, it was a Caucasian woman, well, did he give you a ticket? I said, no, no, ma'am, he didn't. Well, I don't understand why you would want to talk to a supervisor if he didn't give you a ticket. I would just go with it. I said, well, you and I are totally different. And number one, we're totally different. Number two, this has nothing to do with you. And I didn't ask for your opinion, so please don't give it to me. Number three, I want his supervisor. Well, that's fine. I'll leave a message for him to call you back. Well, you do that. I appreciate it. Okay. And so his supervisor called me back and I told him everything that happened. He says, okay, where exactly did it happen at? And I told him that. And I went on with my day. He called back maybe 30 minutes later, 35 minutes later, and said he did get in contact with the cop. He said, now I'm going to ask you a question first before I tell you what he said. 
He said, what did he tell you when he ran your license? I said, he didn't tell me anything. He said that your machine, that your systems were down and that he trusted me. I look like an honest person and that um, he was just going to let me go. He said, okay. He said, here's the problem with that. My officer lied to me. He said he ran your information and everything came back okay. And he said, that's a lie right there by itself. He said, ma'am, what I want you to do is come in here and make a formal complaint. He said, because I'm here to tell you, some of my officers out there are very racist. He said, when I catch them doing things like that, then they're handled for it. They're handled. He said, but if you don't, if you don't do this complaint, what happens the next time he, he does the same thing to someone else and might end up hurting someone out of being a racist. And so I, he actually told me the truth, which I was shocked. I wasn't expecting him to, but he did tell me the truth. He said, you know, he's basically one of my racist cops that's out there profiling because you're black and I really want you to come in here and make a report. And so that's how that went. So if if anyone listening to my podcast feels, oh, she's against the police, she hates police, I don't hate anyone. I don't hate the police because, again, there's a lot of good ones out there, but there's a lot of bad ones out there, okay? And I, I would like to add this. If the good ones see the bad ones doing things wrong and they don't report it and they don't try to put a stop to it, you normally see these cops kill people that... And it was unjustified. You've you've sat out here and you've watched your partner plant guns and drugs on people. When you're seeing all this that's going on and you don't say shit and you have the nerve to call yourself the good one, you're just as guilty as they are because you allowed that shit to take place. You allowed it to happen. Okay? So no, you're not the good one. You're just as bad as they are. You just don't have all the, the shit on your hands. You know, you weren't a part of doing all the dirt. But you watched it. You watched it. That's just like me sitting here watching someone getting their heads bashed in with a bat. And I film it. I film the whole thing, but I don't I don't I don't turn it in. I don't call the police. I'm just as bad as the person that was doing it. Because I watched it. You see what I'm saying? So no, no. If you see someone doing something, I don't give a damn if it is your partner. If you're a policeman, you took an oath to protect and serve us. If you see your partner doing something that he should not be doing, turn his ass in. Because you are a part of the problem. If you're not a part of the solution, you're definitely a part of the problem. Turn his ass in when he's doing something wrong. So that the bad cops can get the hell out of there and make room for someone that is good. Okay? Because until we get this situation better with citizens and the police, it's, everything is always going to be screwed up. Because people are hating them. They're racist. They're hating, they're hating us. It's never going to get better until someone try, until we all try to make it better. Meaning, when you see these bad cops, uh, cops out here, if any policeman hear my podcast, this segment, or any segment I've made about the law, 
If you're sitting your ass up there and you're letting your partner do things that you know is illegal, you're letting him plant shit, you're letting him kill people and it's not justified and you're letting him cover it up. If you're watching all this take place and you're not doing anything or saying anything, you're not turning his ass in and you're just as guilty as he is. Just And it's just like if someone commits a crime, a citizen commits a crime, someone goes in and robs someone and come back out and hop in the car and, and the passenger was sleeping, don't know what happened. And they're, they're also held accountable for this. When people commit murders and the passenger didn't know nothing about it and the person comes back and get in the car, they're, they're held responsible. So why shouldn't you be held responsible? When your partner has done some shit and you were there when it was being done, your ass should be held responsible too. That's all I'm saying. If you're not a part of the solution, then you're a part of the problem. And there's a bunch of cops out there that is allowing their partners to do all this shit and turn a a blind eye to it. So they are definitely a part of the problem as well. So no, I'm not sitting here trying to turn people against the policemen at all. Because I'm the first one to say there's some good ones out there. But oh yes, there's some damn bad ones out there and they're running rapid. Hello and welcome back to Life As It Is with me, Dora Middleton. In this segment, I've been talking about racism. I've been talking about um, things that's been happening with the citizens and the policemen and just a bunch of things. I've talked about situations that I've dealt with dealing with racism. I can go on. I don't have enough time to talk about all the racism that I've experienced, experienced me and my children and just people in general. It's out there. It happens. But we need to figure out a way to stop it. And like I said, racism starts at home. Most of the time it starts at home. You know, sometimes people just go astray. They don't believe the way their parents, you know, believe. And they just end up being racist. But it starts at home, okay? And it's taught. Racism is taught. So we need to figure out a way to handle this situation because it seems like it's not getting any better. It's only getting worse. And it's beginning to be even more dangerous than before. And as I was saying before um, I went on break... um, We have a lot of racist policemen out there. Hell, let's be honest. We have a lot of racist judges, lawyers, doctors. We, as a race, black and brown people, sometimes are so afraid to go into a courtroom because you already know if this judge is biased, if this judge has an issue with the color of your skin, and he has no morals and he doesn't abide by this oath that he took to become this judge, then what is he going to do to you? I mean, it's already a proven fact that black people get more jail time in prison than white people with the same crime. We already know that. We know this. And we need to do something about it. And then another thing I want to point out, we have a lot of black people that's in power as well, okay? But this is this is how I feel about this situation. And then I, I, I'm even going to go a little bit lower. It's not just the black people that's in power, the, 
the judges, the lawyers, whomever, whatever. But then you go lower. How about the people that's just in the normal nine to five jobs where they feel they have a point to prove to white people, you know, Caucasian people that, okay, I'm on, I'm on your side. We're going to handle this this way. So they handle you in the same disrespectful way that you're being handled you know that the Caucasians the same way the Caucasians are handling you and why because they feel they have to prove to white people that they're not for this black person I and I've noticed that and I know some people are not going to agree with what I'm saying but trust me it's true you I have watched I've been in in stores you know uh, as you can see I shop a lot but I've been in stores and I've seen black people give Caucasian customers so much re- the, so much respect. These are black people, which they should get every single customer, black, brown, white, pink, yellow, purple, green, whatever race you are, respect these people. We should all learn to respect one another. That's part of the problem out there right now. Some of us just don't have no damn respect for others. Okay, but back to the story. I watched this these black um, workers treat every Caucasian customer with nothing but respect. And the minute when a, when a black, black customer start coming in and they're not, these are really well-spoken, decent black people, just like the people that they helped earlier, the Caucasians and not saying that if they, I'm not saying if they came in rowdy or whatever, they shouldn't get respect because they too should still get respect. But I'm just making a point here right now. When it was time for them to wait on the the black people, they got hostile. They started snapping up at the black people, not wanting to listen to what they were saying, not willing to help with what they needed help with. All I could do was shake my head. Because I'm like, this is not the way you just acted with the Caucasian people you just helped. And when I see people like that and you try that nonsense on me, oh, I'm going to shut your ass down. Okay. One thing about me, I'm not going to argue with you, but I'm going to make your ass feel lower than low. When I get finished with you, you won't be able to hold your head up. Number one. Number two, I'm going to get my ass on the phone. I'm going to call corporate. I'm going to talk to corporate. I can't recall how many times I've had to do that and oh the situation is taken care of okay it's taken care of but that's what you have to do don't let them do this and don't don't be afraid to turn their asses in for when they're doing wrong it does not matter if they're black whatever race is doing you wrong and you know that they're doing things the wrong way you turn their asses in it does not matter if it's your race if you're white they're white they're doing wrong turn their asses in if you're black they're black they're doing wrong turn them in we got to stop making everything about race okay we have to stop feeling that okay well if my race is hating your ass I, i gotta hate you too no it doesn't work that way it shouldn't work that way but it does it shouldn't but it does you know, everyone is so divided by race. It's just ridiculous. It's like we are totally split. We are in a country right now that is so split right down the middle. People are, sh- before when people were racist, 
they hit it. Oh, they hit it and they hit it well. But you you know, you could tell. I mean, you can always tell. I know I can. I don't care how you hide it. I, I see right through your ass. You know, but back in the day, they hit it. But now everyone's open. And it's been that way since 2016. Everyone has become very open. Being opus, open racist. And they think it's okay. It, they think it's okay. And I just... I, you lead by example. Okay, I'm going to... I will say this. You lead by example. And I know this part, people might not like what I'm about to say either. But if you have someone that's running this country that is blatantly just being... saying Making racist remarks and talking down on the handicapped. Talking down on everybody. And you don't find a problem with this. And I'm not saying this just because this is a white a white guy. I'm not saying it because, oh, I, you're not going to hear me say, oh, I just, you know, I hate, I hate our president. I decide that. No, I hate, I don't hate anyone. Had this been a black or brown president? And, and, and let me go back a little further. When President um Barack Obama was in office. His kids were called monkeys. His wife was called monkeys. People were saying so much cruel things about him and his family. And everybody thought it was okay. They they said how they didn't like him. You know, he shouldn't be in office. That black man this, that black man that. Hanging nooses everywhere with his face on it. And doing all kinds of racist shit. Okay, so now you have this joker in office, and I have to say joker, okay, and I'm not going to apologize for it, but you have this person in office, he's promoting violence, he's promoting racism, and all of these followers he have saying, make America great, you know, they feel they're making America great by screwing out all this racism, okay, the only thing you're doing is making a country that's already divided divide even more. And and they say lead by example. So he's leading and they're following. All of his little minions are following. And they're making everyone's lives hell. These people are... Sp- and his followers are very violent. And we've all seen that. Okay? Very, very violent. And we've seen it. And then you have these people, well, this man is talking the truth. And he said, if he's talking the truth, then you agree with every racist remark that this man has made. And I'm not going to back down off what I'm saying. I'm just being honest. How can you sit here and make fun of the handicap? He did that. He literally made fun of the handicap. And no one sees that as being a problem. What kind of country are we living in to where this is okay? This man is the president of the United States and this is how he acts. And then he says he can do whatever the hell he wants to do. And apparently he can. So he didn't lie. He's done any damn thing he wanted to do. He said it and he's proven that he can do anything he wants to do. Had this been had this happened when Obama was in office oh they would have been trying to get him removed a long time ago 
the moment he started doing anything that this man has been doing. So all I'm saying is people, you agree with the racism. You're a part of the problem. You are, anytime you can call a Nazi group good people, you can sit here and call the Aryan Nation good people and call football players sons of bitches. What the hell is wrong with you? But no one feels that's a problem. That is a big problem. I'm not saying this just because the man is white. I'm saying this because the man is wrong. Okay, he's wrong. And the way that he talks about people, I don't like the way that he talks about some of the, he's talked about Caucasian people too. I just don't agree with the shit that he's saying. This man is, he does, it seems to not like anyone. He doesn't like the poor. He doesn't like the handicapped. He don't like the black and brown people. What the hell is going on around here? I'm for equality. I'm for, I, I want everyone to be equal. I don't give a damn what color they are. We should all be equal. The people in the trailer park should be equal with the people have the same rights as everybody else. Just because they living in the trailer park doesn't make them less than the people that's living in the projects, the same thing, just because they're living in the projects, they shouldn't be treated like they're less than the others. Come on, people get it together. We were all put here by one person. We should all be treated equally and we should not be okay when people are open racist. We have so much out here right now going on and these people are open with the racism. I can recall, my, my daughter told me my grandson held the door before a Caucasian woman. This fucking woman refused to walk through that door until he let it go and it closed. Then she opened it herself. Had I been there, I would have told him, let it go. Let it go. If she didn't walk through it the first couple of seconds of holding that door, she didn't want to come through it. So a Caucasian guy, she said, saw that and he was pissed. He was cursing. And then there was another situation where my two little granddaughters was coming through the door and the white guy damn near tried to slam the door on them. And the white, the, the other white guy that saw that situation was cursing and angry and threatened to kick his ass. It said, these are two little kids. What the fuck is wrong with you? This is the kind of shit that I'm talking about. We have got to do better. We've got to do better. If, if shit like that is okay, then you are part of the damn problem. That is not okay. I've held the door open for people. I hold the door open for you no matter what color you are. And I've had people refuse to walk through it. I don't give a damn. I, hey, I'm going to walk off. Let it close on your ass. Because I'm only going to hold it for so long. Okay? If you feel you don't want to walk through it, stay in your ass right there and let it close right in your face. Maybe it'll hit you and knock some sense into your damn head. Because this shit here has got to stop. And yes, I know I sound angry because I am. We should all be angry. White, black, brown, blue, purple, yellow. Everyone should be angry about the shit that's going on in this country. There's so much racism and so much fuckery going on right now that no one's at peace. Everybody's angry. You can drive up and down the street and you can look over in someone's car and all you see is pure anger on their faces. 
This is why it's so dangerous right now at this day and age. You, you don't know someone might be having a bad day and decide to look over at you and pow, shoot you. You're afraid to drive down these streets these days because you don't know what is waiting for you. People are so fucked up. Hatred is spreading like, like, like fire. And no one wants to acknowledge that this is a problem. This is a big problem. And if we don't deal with this, if we don't deal with this, what is this world going to come to? What, I mean, what's going to happen? This is a messed up world that we're in. No, it's not great. It's not. It's full of hell right now. And I know God up above is not pleased about what's going on down here. We have got to do better. We don't, back in the day, you could, you could go to church and you can talk to your minister about certain things. You can't even talk to them anymore because it's a money thing with them. You have politicians going to church, giving them money, giving the pastor money to, to, to coerce his, his, his um, parishioners to vote a certain way. Why would you mix that up with religion? Why would you even tolerate this shit? Why would you bring these people into this church to do that? This church is for people to worship the Lord. Not to bring your agendas in here and try to get black votes here and use the ministers to do it. This is why people don't go to church anymore. And I'll say this. I grew up in church. As a matter of fact, as an adult, I would go to church seven days a week. I sure did. I still do go to church. I might not go seven days a week like I used to, but I do go to church. But the thing, what I'm trying to say is people are shying away from going to church and they say, you don't have to go to church to accept the Lord, which is true. You can stay home, read your Bible, pray to God, have your relationship with God. It's not saying if you don't go into a church that you're going to hell. That's not true. You can worship God from home. I'm just saying people are so confused right now that they don't they don't know where to turn to you can't turn to your minister because your minister is on his private jet on on his way to his mansion somewhere why are you your uh, your why okay why is it that your ministers these preachers have why do they have private jets what do you need it for why are you living in these mansions and your your the people that attend your church are broke and struggling and they can't even come to the church for help? And like I said before, when you have a minister that tells you if you don't when you get paid, if you don't give to the church the first if they're not the first one to get paid out of your check, then God isn't gonna bless you. Who who the hell are you? And I have to be honest, who the, I'm going to ask this question again. Who the hell are you to say who God is and isn't going to bless? You can, you, here's the thing. If you, your house ends up getting foreclosed or you're evicted out of your house or your car is repoed, how are you going to get to work? How are you going to keep warm and keep a roof over your kid's head? I'm going to tell you this much. 
And I'm definitely a God-fearing person. But I'm paying my rent. I'm paying my mortgage. I'm paying my car note. I'm going to give my my 10% to the church. I'm, I'm going to do what I have to do. But I will be paying my mortgage and my car note so that I can get to work. And so that I can keep a roof over my head. Okay? When you tell people not to do something and that end up when that person when that house is foreclosed or they're evicted are they going to be able to come and stay in one of your rooms at your mansion i don't think so so stop telling people this okay stop telling people they're not going to be blessed and these people some of these people believe your bullshit out there when you're telling them that and that's why i don't know how i ended up getting emails from this church but I get so pissed every time those emails come to me because I don't agree with what they're saying. Okay? I can't believe it. I, I just don't believe in what they're saying. Okay, I'm going to take a brief break and I will be right back. Hello and welcome back to Life As It Is with me, Dora Middleton. In today's segment, I've been talking about a lot from racism to churches, you name it. I've talked about it, but I also wanted to continue talking a little bit about what I meant by receiving these emails from this church, this particular church, and I'm not going to say any names is a mega church. And I get these emails trying to get me to buy this person's books and everything. I would never do that. If it was a church that I believed in, I would buy whatever they're selling, you know, even if, you know, whatever they were selling, books, whatever, I would be the first one to purchase. But I don't, I don't believe in the views of this minister. And I just think that I believe that this person, he he's teaching things the wrong way. I mean, I I don't mind you telling people that they should pay their tithes because, you know, you should pay your tithes. But if, when you're telling people that they're not going to, they, they won't be blessed because they didn't give to the church first. You know, you, you should take care of you. You have to make, no one's going to make sure that there's a roof over your head or food on your table, but you, okay? You can give to the church, but go pay what you have to pay to make sure you and your kids are secure, all right? And you still, afterwards, you go and you take care of your obligation that you have to pay your 10%. And if you can, and I will say this much too, if you can't afford to give much, just give what you can. I don't care if it's $2. If that's all you can give, that's all you can give as long as you do something. You know what I'm saying? You hear people say, oh, well, they're not giving their 10%. They're only giving this and that. Honey, if you have 50 cent to give, give your 50 cent. God knows where your heart is and he knows your situation already anyway. So if you can't afford to give 10% and you only have 50 cent, to give, then give your 50 cent and be proud of what you did. Don't let anyone have you thinking 
that because that's all you could afford to give that did you know that God isn't going to bless you you're going to suffer your this and that that's bullshit that's not true that is not true give what you can that's the same way when churches have a problem when people come as they are it says come as you are come as you are if you don't have all these expensive clothes to wear because it seems like sometimes that church is like a fashion show you know, especially around Easter. It's like, it's just like a, a fashion show. People that don't show up at church any other time will come and take up all the space on Easter. Then you have the kids with the Easter baskets taking up space. I mean, it's it's just, you know, I used to, I used to go to church every Easter. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't, not every Easter, because I, I know sometimes when you try to get in there, it's no room because you haven't seen these people all year. And then, then they're there and they got all these Easter baskets sitting on a seat. Why are you bringing Easter baskets to the, to the church is what I don't understand. You know, this this is not the way it should be. And there's no problem. I don't have a problem with you coming to church. I'm just saying that leave the baskets at home because the church is it's already going to be packed because number one is Easter. Number two, everyone that don't usually show up at church any other time is here because it's Easter. You know, so it's just all I'm saying is that you give what you can. And if you don't have if you absolutely don't have any money to give to pay your tithes, then give your time. Just go to the local shelter and help feed the homeless. Do what, Just do what you have to do. Just give back. That's all God wants you to do is just give back. You know what I'm saying? Just help someone else. Pay it forward. But people will have you thinking, certain ministers will have you thinking, oh, if you can't give this and that amount, then you're not going to be blessed. And I've even seen this this minister on, on television showing his 10 cars. Each one cost even more than the... the the other one. And he says, this is what happens when you give to God first. When you first get your check, you pay the Lord and you do this and you do that. This is what he had blessed you with. Material things. Okay. So you're saying if they take their whole check and give it to your church, then they're going to be blessed. Man, sit your ass down. Okay. They're going to be blessed. God says, give what you can. Give what you can. If you cannot give 10%, give your time, give what you can. You will be blessed either way. You, No one knows your relationship with God but you. He says, come as you are. So come as you are. If you can't afford all the expensive stuff, then wear your nice pair of clean jeans, nice shoes, a clean pair of shoes, whatever. Even if, well, you know what? Even if those shoes have holes from here to Timbuktu, you wear those if that's all you have. Okay. I'm just saying it. Come as you are. Don't, don't hold your head down either. I've gone to church before and I've seen people that had to actually come with whatever they had. And I saw how people looked at them and it just pissed me the hell off. Who are you to look down on someone just because of the way they're dressed? I can't stand people like that. I can't. Not everyone's fortunate enough to have the money or the clothing that you have. Stop looking down on people. I absolutely refuse to look down on anyone. 
If anyone asks me for my help, I give it. I give, I don't care who's holding up a sign. I will give you money if you're saying you need it. And then you hear people say, well, they don't need it. They're going to buy drugs with it. They're going to do this and that. That's not my problem. And what I mean by that's not my problem, what I mean is I'm giving it to them. So if they decide to say, if they have, if they're holding this sign up saying that they want this money for food and they decide to buy drugs, that's, that has nothing to do with me. That's on them and God. I know that I did what was right. I gave to someone that was needy. So I don't care if they did something totally opposite with it. I would hope that if they're on drugs, that they would seek some help because I don't want to see anyone on drugs. Drugs is not a good thing, period. And I don't want to see anyone on drugs, but we cannot control what they do with the money when it leaves your hand. All I know is I did what was right. I did the right thing. I gave, they said they needed food. I gave money so they can buy food. Okay. And if you feel uncomfortable about giving up your money and they say they need food, tell them, hey, let's go to this restaurant right here and I'll buy you all the food that you want to eat. You know, do that. If they refuse the food, then you know, they don't need the money for food. I mean, it's, it's easy. You don't, you don't have to just outright turn anyone down. You can tell them, let's go to this restaurant over here and I'll buy you some food. If they turn it down, then it wasn't food they were wanting. Okay, so then you just keep it moving. But don't turn anyone down just because you assume that they're going to take your money and buy drugs. You you can't do that. I mean, you can because it's your money, but why would you assume? You know, I'm just saying if you feel that you don't want to trust them and then you think they're going to take your money and do something else with it, then tell them, let's go over here and I'll buy you some food. And then go from there. I'm just saying that we all need to learn to help one another. Okay? Learn to help one another. I've been in the store and I've paid for people's food if they've gone over. You know, I, I've done things like that and I, I, I don't brag about it because it's just me being who I am. I help anyone that I can. If I can help you, I will help you. And that's why God has always blessed me. Okay. And I will say he has truly blessed me and my, my children and my grandchildren. We are totally blessed because I give, okay, I help. I will go above and beyond to help whomever. It could be a total stranger. I will go above and beyond to help. You know, that's the type of person I am. And I I, tr- I don't judge anyone. I'm not going to judge anyone because you don't know what situation you may be put in yourself. You know, there's a lot of people that when they get hold of a lot of money, they talk down on other people. You shouldn't do that because you might be the one that's begging bread next You know, so stop talking about people. Stop treating people like they're nothing. Just because you're in that season where you you have more than they do. You never know if you come upon a season where everything that you have, you lose. You wouldn't want that. So that's why I tell people, continue to be humble. I will always stay humble. And 
I'm here to help people. And that's why I make these videos because I talk about the situations that some people are afraid to talk about. You know, if you talk about race, if you talk about anything that people feel shouldn't be talked about. Now, I know there might be some people that don't like this segment because, yes, I did hit a little bit on politics and how I don't agree with everything that I that the, the president is doing. And I don't care. If you don't like what I said, I'll say this again. I'm not forcing anyone to listen to my segments. But if you don't like what I'm saying, then you don't like the truth. Because one thing is I'm not going to lie to anyone and I will only speak the truth. I have a problem with racism no matter what, where it's coming from. And I'm not saying that there's only Caucasian people that's racist. You got black people that's racist. You have Chinese people that's racist. Racism comes in all shapes, colors, forms, whatever. I'm not pinpointing one race dealing with racism. And if you listen to this podcast, you'll see I've told you situations with black on black racism as well. So, I mean, racism is racism. I don't like it one bit, no matter who it's coming from. I have a problem with it. And we have to do better. And until we all acknowledge that there is a problem in the world today, in all areas, it seems, there's a problem. Until we acknowledge this and try to find a solution, then we are all a part of the problem. And personally, I I don't like to say we because I'm not a part of that. I'm definitely trying to find solutions to these problems. That's why I make these podcasts to get people to open up and understand where other people are coming from and why people feel the way that they might feel. So I'm trying to find a solution. So I'm not going to say we are a part of the problem because I'm not. All right. I'm trying every way possible to let open up people's minds to see what they're doing is wrong. Okay, and and if you're being this way, it's not right. I'm trying to help people change the way that they think about others. Because again, we were all created by one person. I don't understand why it's so much hate amongst one another. We need to replace this hatred with love. We need to do better. When we see someone in need, regardless of what race they are, help them. Don't help people according to their race. Help them because we are one human being helping another. We have to start doing it that way. Okay, that's all I'm saying. All right, I have really enjoyed this segment and enjoyed talking to you all about all these different situations out here in this big world that we live in today. And I hope that this segment can actually help someone understand where others are coming from you know because until we can do that nothing will ever change so just please when you listen to my segments just really listen to what I'm saying because I'm I'm speaking the truth and I'm not being biased when I'm talking about anything I will only speak the truth and I'm only trying to help everyone that listens to my podcast and I hope that you all Continue to listen and have your friends and family, co-workers or whomever listen to the podcast as well, because I'm here to help. And again, if you have any suggestions, I do read them. 
and I talk about whatever you all want to you know talk about. I there's no subject that I will not talk about, and I've said that from the beginning. So you can leave me a message and say, hey, can you can you discuss this or that, and or even if you if I've said something you might not approve of that you feel you want clarified then send me a message and I will get back with you. Definitely. I would definitely get back with you. So until next time, thank you again for joining Life As It Is with me, Dora Middleton. Take care.